0: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today.
1: Lightning followed by a win for the Bolts. Did the Red Sox have the advantage over the rival Yankees? Plus, have any of the rookie QBs figured it out? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today. Searching all major sports.
2: Found Let's start with the biggest story.
1: The Los Angeles Chargers get another marquee win after taking down the Kansas City Chiefs. They take down the previously unbeaten Las Vegas Raiders, 28-14 at SoFi Stadium on Monday night, thanks to some timely turnovers on defense. And, of course, Justin Herbert doing Justin Herbert things. Austin Eckler chipping in as well. Joining me now from Locked On Chargers, Daniel Wade, and Daniel, this is a team that has, has shown flashes of some really great stuff. There's still some some inconsistencies, some things where you go, man, if they tighten that up, they could be really, really good. What was your top-level takeaway from this game?
3: I mean, I thought it was just the Chargers continuing to get away from the things that have doomed them in the past, right? Because such a dominant first half by them going to halftime 21-0. to The defense had allowed one first down. And it sacked Derek Carr twice. I mean, you can't ask for anything much better than that. And then the other thing is just continuing to be aggressive. Like Brandon Staley just keeps on doing it like it's nothing from his own side of the field. I mean, another fourth down he went for in the first half ends up in a punt. And you forget about that. But he continues doing it in the second half. It would have been a three and out, right? And giving the ball back to a Raiders offense that had scored 14 straight points against you unanswered. Instead, they go for it on fourth and two. They end up running the ball better than they have all season and sealing that win with the Derwin James pick on the next drive from the Raiders. But continuing to look like the new Chargers and getting away from the team that blew four, you know, 16-point leads in a row in 2020.
1: Yeah, when, when the Raiders scored 14 points in the third quarter, I have to imagine a lot of Chargers fans were going, uh-oh, this is this is not ideal. We've seen this movie before, and yet they're able to offensively pick up the slack. But defensively, they held a Raiders team that had been explosive through the first three weeks of the season to just the two touchdowns. What were they able to do to Derek Carr, Darren Waller, and this offense who got their starting running back, star Josh Jacobs, back for this game?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think there's no better play to look at than the play in the second half right before the missed field goal by the Raiders because on that third down, Brandon Staley bracketed Hunter Renfro. He knew – They were trying to go to Hunter Renfro on a giant third and three. They end up just getting a sack where Derek Carr basically just gave himself up because he saw Mm -hmm. the guy he wanted wasn't open. But you just saw that in the first half, the continuing of getting pressure. Jerry Tillery was huge, one of the better halves he's had this season, getting pressure up the middle. Joey Bosa gets in for a sack in the first half. I mean, their defense was absolutely lights out, and I think it was cutting out those big plays. I mean, the Raiders came into it 21 plays of 20 yards or more. The mm-hmm. most explosive offense in the NFL, let alone the division. The Chargers totally took that away in the first half. And I think you saw the Raiders make some adjustments early on in the second half. But Brandon Staley, I mean, continuing to play dividends, not only with, you know, going for it and staying consistent with his aggressiveness, but also scheming up ways to get the Chargers defense off, off the field, especially after that drive started with a 51-yard gain to Henry Ruggs. I mean, that looked like they were going down to tie the game easily. I mean, they are moving the ball so well. So I think that was one of the things where Brandon Staley, great game plan going into it, got punched in the mouth in the second half defensively by some adjustments, came back with adjustments of his own, gets the big stop there, gets the Derwin James interception, and that made the difference.
1: Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen of the day. Coming up, do the Red Sox have the advantage over the Yankees? Today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you could go to rockauto.com, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you.
2: Now, here's what you need to be Locked
0: On today. <laughs>
1: Bubba Wallace posted his first NASCAR Cup Series victory Monday at Talladega Super Speedway becoming the first black driver to prevail in the sport's premier division in nearly 58 years. Wendell Scott, a NASCAR Hall of Famer, is the only other black competitor with a Cup Series win. Wallace earned the win when NASCAR called the race for rain after a lengthy delay. He took the lead five laps before what was the second delay of the race by avoiding a crash. Luis Rojas was let go as manager of the New York Mets on Monday after two losing seasons. The team declined its option on Rojas's contract for 2022, making the announcement a day after the team finished third in the NL East at 77 and 85 in billionaire Steve Cohen's first year of ownership. The move was no surprise, the first of several significant changes coming again this offseason for a club seemingly in constant turmoil. The Washington football team has placed head athletic trainer Ryan Vermillion on administrative leave for what a spokesperson called an ongoing criminal investigation unrelated to the club. The Drug Enforcement Administration and the Loudoun County Sheriff's Department conducted a search at Washington's practice facility on Friday. Team officials did not know about the investigation until DEA agents showed up at the facility on Friday. Pretty hard to say that it is unrelated to the club when the DEA shows up knocking on your door. I get what they mean, but like, mm, I don't know about that. The Jets got their first win against the Titans in week four. How can Tennessee prevent the Jags from getting their first win again against them in week five?
2: Tyler Roland here, host of the Locked On Titans podcast. With your Tennessee Titans biggest question heading into a week five matchup on the road against the division rival Jacksonville Jaguars and for the Titans the biggest question is very very simple can they get the offensive line fixed? barring an absolute collapse by the two teams playing on Monday Night Football to finish week four, the Titans will finish four weeks of the season as the worst pass protection team in the NFL, giving up a league leading 17 sacks. And this is an incredibly jarring number when you consider that the Titans finished the 2020 season with only 24 sacks through 17 weeks. So having 17 sacks, through four weeks is an abomination, and if the Titans don't get the pass protection cleaned up soon, it will derail the season. So, the biggest question for the Titans heading into week five by far is can they fix the offensive line?
1: That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. It's the AFC North leader in Cincinnati against the NFC North leader in Green Bay. The, the BetOnline.ag line for this game has the Packers' 3.5-point favorites. The Chiefs bounce back after a two-game losing streak and are 2.5-point favorites over the Buffalo Bills at home, who dropped 40, the Bills did, in a shutout against the Texans. The Chiefs at home giving less than a field goal? I would be all over that. For the AL wildcard game against the Yankees and Red Sox, the BetOnline.ag line has New York favored by a run and a half. For all your football gambling needs, BetOnline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON
2: another story you need to know
1: the American league playoffs are going to have a heavy AL East flavor first in the wild card game it is Yankees Red Sox for the right to take on the Tampa Bay Rays and in either case it is going to be an uphill battle for either one of these teams despite the seasons that they have had joining me now from locked on Red Sox Lauren Campbell and, and as we look at this matchup these are teams that are I don't know. They're familiar with, with each other a little bit. They've played each other a few times. So how do you handicap this?
0: Yeah. So I know the Yankees are slight favorites going into the game, but how I'm looking at it as Garrett Cole has not been good against the Red Sox this season is ERA is 491 and Nate has has been really good against the Yankees minus his most recent outing against them. So I'm kind of looking at that. And I think that the Red Sox have hit Garrett Cole really well, so they can get after him early and often. And that's exactly what they need to do. And Garrett Cole is dealing with a hamstring injury. So he's a little banged up. Some of the Red Sox are banged up too, but you already have a pitcher that you're successful against dealing with a little bit of an injury here. This is good news for the Red Sox.
1: And the Red Sox have, have been streaky uh, and, and have been playing uh, very, very roller coaster baseball. Now that is the nature of long seasons. So how do you, how do you account for form here?
0: Yeah, that's it. It's going to be tough because the the Yankees are. I feel like they carry they're carrying a lot of momentum into this game, where they the Red Sox almost just lost to the Nationals and almost mm-hmm. had to play a play in game. So I do think and that struggled
1: against the Orioles in that series
0: very much against the Orioles. So you know, in a way that they're supposed to end their season on a high note against bad teams, it didn't happen. But you know, you look at the Yankees, you know that Stanton and Judge are hitting everything there anything that comes their way you really need to be strategic with them and the Red Sox really need to take every ounce of momentum and every ounce of that from anything that positive they can carry from Sunday's win into this game against the Yankees because I feel like the Yankees have a bit more momentum in their favor and the Red Sox you know they didn't end their season obviously they ended on a good note but when you struggle against two of the league's worst teams doesn't really bode well for you going into a one game playoff where anything can happen.
1: Do you think from a fan perspective, if you're a Red Sox fan, you're going, thank God this is only one game because I don't know if I could handle a full series given you know the emotional equity that you have to pour into this?
0: Yes and no, because one game playoffs, sometimes they just want you, they leave you wanting more. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, blood pressure is already high. Tension's already there. People are already bantering on Twitter. So <laughs> maybe one game is enough.
1: Coming up, have the rookie QBs figured it out? Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. How many times do I have to say it? It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Right now, the limited time flavor, cookie dough chunk. And that is in addition to coconut almond, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cherry, raspberry, all high in fiber, high in protein, low in net carbs, and low in sugar. Right now, you go to built.com and use promo code LOX15, you will get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOX15 at built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. After a terrific preseason for this 2021 rookie class at quarterback, the start to the season had been anything but fantastic for those players until week four came around. You have Zach Wilson. Uh, getting his first win, Justin Fields. Trey Lance gets on the field. And Mac Jones is pretty terrific, at least for stretches, against the defending champs, albeit in a loss. Joining me now from Locked On 49ers and the new host of Locked On NFL Draft, Eric Crocker. And and Croc, as you look at this rookie class, at least in week four, which of these guys stood out to you the most?
4: Well, you know, I, I think just from uh... – a Overall, perspective, you have to put a lot of stock into what Mac Jones did, really going toe-to-toe with Tom Brady and maybe looking like the better quarterback on the field mm-hmm. at one point, completed 18 consecutive passes. Now, Mac, Mac Jones isn't asked to light the world on fire and throw the ball downfield and push the ball and do those type of things. He there's a lot more underneath passes, and he's doing a good job being efficient there, but Nonetheless, I think when you look at the other rookie quarterbacks and how Mac Jones has been efficient within what they've asked him to do, you have to say that he's, he's, he's looked the best so far.
1: When I look at two quarterbacks in particular in this draft, two guys that I was huge on in the pre-draft process, Trey Lance and Justin Fields, there has been a lot of consternation from fans about, hey... Just get these guys out there. We've seen the flashes of brilliance. And, and I, I know that you have been someone who said, hey, look, the the splash plays from Trey Lance are nice, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done here. With those two guys, where do you feel like you need to see the next steps? Because Ju- Justin Fields, he at least took a step from his first start, which was flat out disastrous.
4: You know, I, I think with both of these guys, and really all these guys, I think you can kind of lump Trevor Lawrence into sure. this as well and Zach Wilson. I remember being at the 49er game against the Eagles and looking at the you know the game log for uh Zach Wilson and at one point in that game he it was in the third quarter he had four total completions for the game <laughs> and four yeah. interceptions yep. right? And I'm like wow that's crazy like how is that even possible? But you look around the league with a lot of these rookies and you look at guys like you know Justin Fields and kind of what he's doing in the up and down play I think it's to be expected of these young guys coming in right away and not looking great, right? Not like just hitting the ground running, but you see the glimpses of the big playability and what could be. I think if you want to get some of those ugly moments out of there, whether it's Justin Fields, Trey Lance or other, they got to play. That's going to be the only way for the game to really slow down for these guys and kind of, I don't want to say speed up the process of development, but really get them ready for, when they're going to be at their best or better in the 2022 season, they they need this time. I think this is a pivotal time for these guys' development. No matter what kind of happens early on, because you you talked about Justin Fields just now, and that was a guy who had got sacked nine times the week before, mm. had one net passing mm. yard for an entire game, and then he goes out there against the Lions, and maybe he's, you know, perfect what the doctor ordered, you got to go against a defense that's not great, but. That's to show what we thought he would be, right, from the standpoint of being able to push the ball down the field and utilize his legs and make some plays, you know, all over the field. It was great to see, but I think he needed to go through that Bengals, that Browns game to get to that point. So I think all these guys, man, there has been some ups and downs, but they need this time and, and an opportunity to really work through it.
1: And finally, Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer said Monday he apologized to his team, his family, and owner Shad Khan after a viral video surfaced over the weekend that showed a young woman dancing close to his lap at a restaurant in Columbus, Ohio. Meyer said he and his family members went to his restaurant, Urban Meyer's Pine House, on Friday night, and people at a nearby event asked to take photos with him. Meyer said he should have left when people tried to get him to dance with them. Meyer said his family was understandably upset after the nine-second video showing Meyer sitting at the bar in an Ohio State pullover while the young woman danced close to his lap, was posted to social media on Saturday night, and quickly went viral. Honestly, the most surprising thing about this story is it happened in Ohio and not Florida, where the team plays, where presumably he spends a lot of time. Unbelievable stuff. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to your second listen, Locked On Bets. Download and subscribe free and available on all platforms. Coming up Wednesday, who will win the NL wildcard and get the opportunity to face the Giants? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.